the, the demonstrations and the different things that you're going to be hearing about this uh, over the next few weeks before Christmas is really trying to get to the bottom of, uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm giving you any news here that we don't seem to know how to do Christmas really well, considering it's the most joyous season of the year. And yet we seem to find ourselves year after year getting stuck into the same ruts, getting stuck into the same problems that we uh, ended up facing last year. And so uh, if you remember from that little pastor's video that was sent out uh, over uh, uh, social media, it's kind of like we kind of sit in December the 1st and we think that we are <clears throat> in this donkey uh, and master and carrot routine. We kind of feel like we're the master, you know, like we got this. I'm going to be able to own Christmas this year. I mean, if there is a way to win Christmas, I am set to win it. Uh, but then we find out that when we get to January and we look back on our Christmas, we kind of think, you know what, I didn't, uh, I didn't get anywhere near what I was hoping to accomplish over the Christmas season. And so what we'd like to do as we spend this time together is kind of unpack a little bit of why that is. Why does it seem to go into the same rut and the same problem, get into the same uh, routine every year, that routine ends up uh, minimizing what could be the most phenomenal, I think what God intended would be the most phenomenal season of the year. And so let's just jump in a little bit and uh, unpack why does that continually happen when each of us clearly can see that in my getup today, this would be the wrong way to do Christmas. That no matter how hard I try, there's just no way, they did it intentionally, there's just no way that I can get a hold of that carrot in front of me. No matter how hard I run, no matter how fast I push, no matter how much I try to get that carrot, the carrot, as I move, obviously moves further and further and further away from me. And so if we are in this place, and let me just start with this, unless you are willing to take, and you'll hear about why in a minute, but unless you are willing to take hold of a purposeful, uh, determined mechanism that you're going to use to tackle your Christmas, your Christmas is going to be exactly the same as your Christmas was last year. There is a purposeful way, understanding it, and that's what we're going to spend some, a few minutes with today to chat about, is that if we could just understand the forces that are causing us to do this, all of a sudden, we have the ability to control them. Now, whether you control them or not, whether you choose to do the things that we're going to talk about today, that's going to be up to you. But at least we're not going to be sort of just swimming with the current of forgettable Christmases because we just got stuck in this rut of the same old thing and same old thing and same old thing as we continue to go. This is terribly distracting. And so... What I'm going to encourage you to do then, uh, a fellow named Macaulay said this, that the human race is governed by its imagination. And so uh, realizing that the quality of your Christmas, if we could just start at that point, the quality of our Christmases is not determined by how they work on the outside. Many of you know, we don't have to go through any of the statistics. We do Christmas better than anybody has ever done Christmas since Christmas began. The problem is, is that we don't experience the joy of it and the peace of it, the family of it, the intense uh, goodness that comes from Christmas because we get a whole bunch of things out of order, even not just on what we do on the outside, but I think more importantly, uh, what goes on in our lives on the inside. 
And so we're going to take a look at a couple of maybe uh, familiar Christmas characters, but we're looking at them from the position of what are things doing in your soul? As you begin to look at, as you begin to, I'll stay back here so I don't hurt anybody. I mean, you made it all the way to church. It would be a very sad thing to find out you were knocked out by a carrot. When you, are, when you are considering all of what I'm going to refer to as soul soup, soul soup is the, all of the uh, ingredients that are making up your uh, inner perspective towards Christmas. And you may just be a young person thinking, well, I haven't really done that many Christmases to know whether I, I like them or I don't like them not realizing that there are an extraordinary number of factors that are determining whether or not you, in, sorry Jeremy, whether or not you enjoy Christmas or not. Whether you have the right perspective towards your Christmas. And then finally, that the work and the effort that you put into your Christmas can actually be the main reason why you don't enjoy it. And so when you are dealing with all of these forces, as we begin to just take a little moment to consider what they are and get a hold of the, 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 the soup of thoughts and emotions and perspectives that are going on on the inside of us, grab a hold of those things in such a way that I can begin the process. And I mean, you may not do a great job this year, but you'll do a better job knowing these things than you did last year not knowing them. It gives us that ability to say, I'm going to intercept things. I'm going to uh, become a very determined and purposeful person when it comes to how I treat Christmas so that I can begin the process of reformation, perhaps, of all of the issues that are going on on the inside of me. The first person I'd like to talk about today is a fella Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, between Ebenezer Scrooge and Bob Cratchit, many of us, Many of us, can you please try and stay, you know, can we be adult, please, about this a little bit here? Do you mind? You see, when you're dealing, I'm trying to get Dr. Joanna here, but there's actually a real skill that goes along with this machine. <clears throat> if you remember the, uh, the, the uh, Scrooge movies, you remember that there is a character in that movie, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and Bob Cratchit, one of the other guys. <laughs> For you, Andrew, it's become a game. Uh, but, uh, and we realize, you know, there's this certain person who is all bah humbug about Christmas, and there's this other person who is trying their very best in the middle of, you know, harsh, if you will say, difficulties in their life, trying to enjoy Christmas anyways. And you think, oh, that's a terrible story, or maybe it's a good story, I can't really tell. But can I tell you something? All of us, have Ebenezer Scrooges and Bob Cratchits in our ancestry. When people have been trying <clears throat> through your, you know, your uh, ancient generations, when people have been trying to understand Christmas and deal with Christmas and, and sort of put all the pieces of Christmas together, we have a whole soup of Ebenezer's and Bob Cratchits in our, uh, in our history. All of their thoughts and emotions and all the ways that they used culturally or traditionally or through your family environments and all of these type of things. When you tried to relate to Christmas in our very modern day, we're being affected by the, uh, the, uh, the flow, if you will, of thought 
or emotions that are being passed down now from Christmas experiences that can go back hundreds of years. And so when we're trying to decide, like, is it right to buy presents or, you know, should we be joyful or should we be sad or are we melancholy or, you know, do we remember the poor people that don't get to experience Christmas or should I be blessing my children with the abundance that God is? And you see, all of these things are getting confused in our mind. Is there a right way to be a Christian at Christmas time? Should we forget about the material side of things and should we just focus on, you know, spending the Christmas season out on the streets ministering to people who? are underprivileged or don't know Jesus or should I be spending it in the in the company of my family and my children and and just being uh, 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 you know encompassed by all of those personal things how do you make sense out of all that stuff and you see what happens to us is that we become terribly confused and conflicted in how do we relate to this Christmas thing and that's going every single day as we try to go, yeah, but where am I, where am I, where am I? And you see the Ebenezer Scrooge and Bob Cratchit are, are formative people in our minds. As is Charlie Brown and the Bumble and the little drummer boy and Frosty and all of these people, if you will, that were part of our early personal experiences when people tried to help us to understand what Christmas was. And so the words of the bumble and the words of Rudolph and the, Ru the words of, of, of uh, 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 Frosty the Snowman and the little drummer boy, the best, movie, the best cartoon ever made, all of those uh, images, all of those concepts are part of who we are on the inside. And we are trying to relate to them all the time. And you see, what ha starts to happen to us after a while is we have so much dissonance. We have so much upside downness on the inside of us that we try to run after the carrots in our Christmas all the time. One day running this way to do it that way because Ebenezer would do it that way. And the next day doing it this way because the Bumble says to do it this way. And we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until we get to January and we realized all I did was run for the entire month. And I can't remember a single day except that lady that cut me off in the parking lot. I can't get her out of my mind. You see, what starts to happen is inside of us is all of this confusion. Then we add to that, we have personal experiences. Maybe your family experience over Christmas wasn't all that awesome. Or maybe it was phenomenal. And you had the family-oriented focus time and it was just a glorious, and maybe the, you couldn't see the Christmas tree for all the presents that were wrapped around it. Or maybe you had the opposite experience and all of these even childhood experiences of what Christmas means. Maybe the stress that your parents experienced going through the things that you are now experiencing trying to make Christmas work, trying to keep up with the Joneses. We think that the, uh, the, the wrestling that we do between a spiritual Christmas and a material Christmas has, or materialistic Christmas has always been there. But that's something that we are really just being, we're a hundred years into that experience, if that. Before that, materialism really wasn't part of Christmas. And so these are all things that are in flux. And then we take cultural things, like you get the baby boomers are different than the Gen Xers and the Gen Ys and the Gen Zs and whoever the heck is after that. 
All of those things are different experiences. You're culturally different. The way you grew up, the way you relate to Christmas is different. And then finally you get the, 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 the more recent ways of maybe being an adult and trying to figure out how to make Christmas work, how to get your work, session, your work seasons and your, and your uh, financial things and get the time organized and spend enough doing this and spend enough doing that. And you realize that all of these things now, if you can imagine the complexity of what is going on inside of your soul as the, the uh, traditional things that make up Christmas, whether they would be religious norms and traditions, family norms and traditions, cultural norms and traditions, are all kind of fading away. There really isn't such a thing anymore. And in the middle of that time of where everything is in transition and everybody is being affected by all of these conflicting issues on the inside of them, it's probably easier if I just go with the flow. If I just kind of try to make it work, you know, do the best I can, uh, see if I can balance everything off through the Christmas season, only to realize that I think we figured out the most effective way to do the whole thing wrong. Instead of that, grabbing hold of all of those things that are going on on the inside of you and make this Christmas a very purposeful Christmas. Yeah. A Christmas where you actually decide how, what, uh, what matters to you in your Christmas season. You get to decide what are those things that make a difference and make this Christmas a memorable Christmas? Make this Christmas one that is, as we made that confession, your best Christmas yet. Are, you, are we done with this thing? Okay. Have we had enough fun with this? Because I have definitely had enough fun with this thing. And so, yeah. Sandy is right now in the middle of uh, patenting it, so don't think that... Uh, there we are. Is that better? Less distracting. Okay, so let's begin to talk a little bit about how do we deal with that. I mean, everybody can get the idea. This is kind of what uh, we've all been experiencing on the inside of us. Like it's trying to find a way to make this season not be the vortex that sucks me in for 30 days and drops me off in January. And I'm thinking, what the heck was all of that? And really not being in a place where I'd say, wow, I can honestly say I really enjoyed that. And so let's, be, let's be, get a little wiser with that, can we? Uh, you see what happens to us in, in the soul soup, all of these things that are going on in our soul, what goes on in our soul and in our perspective is pushing us and pulling us. And there's all of these conflicting ideas and trying to figure out exactly what the right way to do is. And so we're literally flipping the needle from north to south to east to west multiple times throughout the day, trying to get it to just stop. And so another, uh, uh, probably my favorite Peanuts character is actually a guy named Pigpen. Do you remember Pigpen? Pigpen is this guy, this little fella, who walks around and he's always got this little, little, uh, uh, pile or not pile but a little wisp of dust that is around him all the time and I often have this picture even from my own life that if Pigpen spends too much time walking around in circles 
after a while, that dust is going to climb so high that he's not going to be able to see anymore. And that's often what I see when we are dealing with people in our culture. That is literally this running around in circles as the dust continues to rise till the time was, I don't know, even know where I am. I don't know how to get to where I got to get to from here. The dust has just gone too high. And so the number one thing that I'm going to requ- uh, 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 suggest that you do if you want to get hold of your Christmas is you have to stop. If you were ministering to a pig pen and he was uh, complaining to you that he just can't see, I just don't know where I'm going. I just don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get to my desires from here. I don't know how to get to my destiny from here. What would you say? Listen, pig pen, whoa, whoa, just stop. Just take a moment and let the dust settle. You see, one of the things, I don't know if you know this about our world, but our world, the, the most powerful tool that our marketing systems have to, to ignite Christmas. Can, you t- can I tell you what it is? It's music. And they know that. And so right about the 15th of November, you start, uh, you don't even start. They start playing the music. You know what I'm talking about? The music. All I want for Christmas is you, you know? Now they don't tell you they're gonna do that. You just go to Walmart and you feel a little bit nervous. And you don't know why you feel nervous. You're just walking down the aisles, but you didn't realize that in the background, somebody was singing a song that was a Christmas song. And that Christmas song starts the process. Bad part, they didn't tell you that. And so you're not even thinking about Christmas yet because you've got lots of time and there isn't, for, I mean, Canada, we have a little different Thanksgiving deal, but you and the Americans, you have Thanksgiving is kind of like when the gun goes off. Finish the turkey and then bam, off goes, the, and you're kind of ready for it. What you didn't realize was they started playing the music two or three weeks ago. So what happens is you kind of get into Christmas, you're already in it and going before you decided what Christmas was going to go like. Before you set the boundaries and the rules, before you determined where Christmas was going to end up, you are already in it. Because the system that is around us, that is, we'll talk about it in a minute, uh, it is very highly committed to you being in the Christmas spirit, as it were. Or excuse me, that your visa card is in the Christmas spirit this year. They're very, and you'll see in a minute, highly invested in that. The the problem is, it all starts happening before we know it's happening. And so by the time we figure out that it's happening, we're already in it. We're already pig pen going around in circles for three weeks before we realize we were going around in circles. And we can't see, we can't know, okay, forget it. I'm not going to try. I just need to get, I mean, I can hear you all saying, I just need to get through Christmas this year. Can I tell you something? Uh, I don't think that's the right objective with Christmas. I think what we need to do is we need to become more purposeful. We need to become people who make decisions about, because we understand going through the door and all of these things that we've talked about the last couple of months, you have the ability to choose whether Christmas works well for you this year or not. It's just a matter of, do we seize the moment to make that decision? Do you get to be pig pen and you say, whoa, 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 stop. 
Make an assessment of all the Ebenezer's and the Charlie Browns and the Bumbles and the experiences and the music and all the family experience. All of those things are all inside of you. Nothing you can do about that in the short term. But you can get a hold of it and really make sure purposefully that your Christmas works well this year for you. Can I get, it, can I get you to join me a little bit in this final section? Jesus wants to get back into Christmas. I know that sounds funny, but you probably noticed that Christmas doesn't have a lot to do with Jesus anymore. But Jesus would very much like to get back involved in your Christmas. But what exactly does that mean? You know, let's put the Jesus back in Christmas. I got the bumper sticker. What does it mean? Does it mean that I buy a nativity scene and put it into my living room? Does it mean that I jump into the scriptures and kind of wonder, like, why did Jesus even come? What was his purpose in doing it, celebrating and, and, and worshiping him because he decided to come to this toilet and try to fix things? Maybe we're going to look at Mary and her sacrifice. You know, not my will, but thine be done. And you say, wow, that's amazing how Mary did that, taking on this enormous bur cultural burden of having a, a, a baby, an Ill, a, a, a not fathered by her husband. Maybe we're going to take a look and we'll say, well, whatsoever you do for the least of these brethren. Uh, you know, so I want to go do those things. And uh, Can I tell you something? We should definitely do all of that stuff. We should definitely be focused and do everything we can to get the idea of Jesus coming here. Get the teachings that he gave us. Get the principles that make this season a meaningful season. But can I tell you something? What I want to deal with today is something maybe you haven't thought about. And that is that God wants to be involved in your Christmas. And that would seem like, you know, that, I don't know that that's actually true. And I think this gets to be a bit of a problem for Christians because, a, you know, Christmas can kind of feel a little bit trivial. Like, you know, God's running the universe right now. He's got a lot of people to take care of. There's a lot of problems in the earth right now. And what I really want to do is I want God to help me make sure I get that train set for Christmas. And you're thinking, yeah, I don't think God's interested in that. Matter of fact, if I even asked God uh, if he could bless me with this particular thing or bless my family with things that you may consider to be quite trivial. And there's no way I'm going to involve God in that because he's such a busy guy. Instead, what we have to realize is God is actually super interested in this Christmas in your life right now now does he want you to be a little less selfish and a little less materialistic does he want you to care about other people a little bit more yes he does but he doesn't want to wait until the christmas when you got this all together before you invite him to spend time with you in the christmas he's actually good with where you are now he thinks that you're an awesome person and wants to be part of your christmas now he wants to make it better he wants to be the guy giving the best gifts. He wants your life to be demonstrating the goodness of God throughout Christmas. If that means that what you need him to do for you is trivial, how do you deal with the guilt, the shame? It's kind of like, this is kind of even dumb that I would ask Jesus to, you know, they ran out of that sweater and it didn't have my size. And so I, I'd, like to, I'd like that one, but do you think I should ask God to see if he could get me a... You think that's trivial? I'm not going to do that. 
And so what happens is, is because you're not getting God's help with your Christmas, because you're not involving him like he would like to be involved. We take way more burden on ourselves. We worry about that silly sweater and why I can't get my size. And it bothers us for the whole month instead of just saying, God, you know what, could you get me that? And learn how to involve him in that way so that you can actually enjoy Christmas. I know this sounds materialistic, but can I tell you something? God didn't make the abundant world abundant so that we could not enjoy the abundance. Because we, we have a crazy thing that goes on in our culture. We know that God built our culture. He built the abundant economy that we, maybe not all of it, I get there are some definite problems, but he was the architect of it. He's always wanted there to be peace and prosperity. That's kind of his mantra. That's his t-shirt. And then we get into a time of peace and prosperity and how we can enjoy actually taking time with our family and blessing our friends and just having a beautiful season. But we feel bad because you know what? Is, am I being kind of bad because I'm enjoying the season? Shouldn't I be suffering a little bit or something? Should, I definitely shouldn't be asking God if he can, you know, get me that cool new cell phone for Christmas. That would be trivial. And so let's take a look at trivial and is God even interested in trivial because you know if I had the door here which I am not allowed to bring back but let's say the door was still here when you are dealing with the things that are available from the infinite realm to come into the finite realm it doesn't matter whether that thing is trivial or not can I tell you something it's gonna this is gonna probably scare you I probably should scare you you can actually get things from that realm that God does not want you to have. I know that's terrible. But can I tell you something? Remember we had the Play-Doh up here? God, the Play-Doh doesn't determine what you make out of it. Neither does Hasbro. They just give you the Play-Doh and say, make whatever you want. The reason that we struggle is because we keep making judgments about, you know, is it good that I use my spiritual power to not get the flu over Christmas? I mean, if I get it, I get it. Do you think I should be praying not to get sick over Christmas? Do I think I should be, do you think you can pray the calories out of that uh, food? That I'll be healthy even though I'm going to stuff my face for three days? Can I tell you something? You can definitely do that. I'm not saying God doesn't want you healthy. He does want you healthy. But we've got to get rid of this mindset that there are things that we should use supernatural power to do and there are things that we should not use it to do. Almost like you're going to be judged because that thing you believed for was frivolous. And then it so complicates our lives as Christians because we're believing for things and then feel guilty when we get things. Instead, we've got to get rid of that. That was never the intention. If it's, it, you have to ask yourself, What's Christmas going to be like in heaven? And then say, okay, I want to get that stuff here. So let's look in the Bible. I just was, I thought it was a bit humorous to look in the Bible and consider trivial things. Because you probably think when Jesus was here, like he only had three and a half years, okay? And he was God and he's a busy guy. So surely... Jesus was not interested in trivial stuff. If ever he was going to use supernatural power, he was going to use that power 
to raise people from the dead, okay? Don't give me no lightweight stuff because uh, that would be a waste. And I started to think about, remember when Peter had his taxes to pay? And Jesus used super, this is, and it's probably one of the most famous things Jesus ever did. He said, he supernaturally put two coins in a fish's mouth and told Peter to go catch that fish. And so Peter goes and catches that fish, gets the two coins, and goes and pays his taxes. Those coins, the Bible, I think, refers to them as a drachma, D-R-A-C-H-M-A. Actually, two drachma was the, the, what it says it is. <laughs> a drachma is a tiny little silver coin. Can I tell you what that coin is worth? Take a guess. Think about it in your mind. Like, what is this? I mean, this must have been a pretty serious deal here. I mean, he must have been seriously behind on his taxes in order for Jesus to have to do a supernatural miracle in order to pay those taxes, you would think. Those drachma are worth approximately $1.30. Jesus called down the powers of eternity in order to get $1.30 into the mouth of a fish so that he could pay Peter's terrible tax debt of $1.30. Think about, like, what is going, why doesn't Jesus just call Judas? I, I, I get it, he was hard to find, I get it. But there would be, there would be more, I'm sure Jesus had $1.30. But you see, what he did instead was he was trying to show us something. He was trying to show us that he's really quite interested in doing crazy awesome things to fix trivial problems in your life. Whether your kids get the special toy that you want, he cares about that. And he's so willing to do it for you, even if all it costs is $1.30, he'll stop the sun in the sky to get you your $1.30. He already proved that he would. Let's take a look at this one. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? I mean, this was a seriously uh, uh, busy time in Jesus' life. He had just been taken prisoner by a legion of Roman. Imagine what that would be like. And Peter, one of his disciples, goes and cuts off the ear of one of those guards, one of those centurion guys. Imagine how busy Jesus was at this particular moment. How many emotional issues Jesus was dealing with. I mean, he just finished sweating blood only moments ago. And Jesus decides at this particular moment that he's going to call down the powers of heaven to get that guy's ear put back on his head. That would, would that not seem like it's fairly trivial? Like, who cares? It's not like he can't hear. He just got the earlobe knocked off. And Jesus takes the time to do this, what seems like terribly trivial thing for this guy. How about lunch for the crowd? Like, you know what? You go to a Jesus meeting, it's not lunch included. But Jesus takes the time and this crazy amount of effort in order to get this organized to give everybody a bite to eat. 
Now that would seem like it's awesome for the crowd and all of that, but it's quite true. Jesus had a lot. He got to teach us the truths of eternity. What was he doing bothering with a sardine sandwiches for everybody? It would seem remarkably trivial. How about cooking? Remember the time after the, it's after the resurrection. Jesus is ready to go to heaven, okay? He's, a, he's busy. The guys are out fishing on, this, on the lake, and Jesus is on the shore, wants to talk to them. But what does he do? He cooks them breakfast. Like, he cares about those small little details. These guys are going to come in off the ship, and they're going to want something to eat. So Jesus is super busy cooking them breakfast. The final one I want to share with you is probably the craziest one in the Bible. In Mark chapter 11, we have this, this situation. Jesus is, is coming into, uh, into Jerusalem. This is now, you know when they did the Hosanna, Hosanna and put the palm trees down? We, we celebrate that, do the palm leaves and all. That's right where we are right now in the scriptures, Mark chapter 11. On the way in, Jesus has got, he gets a little hungry looking for breakfast and he goes by and he sees this fig tree over in the corner. And so he wanders over there because he's looking for a couple of figs. And he gets there and there's no figs. And so Jesus, just, he's about to call down supernatural power here. And he curses that gets bad at that fig tree. And he curses the fig tree and says, nobody will ever eat fruit of you ever again. And he leaves. Uh, in the leaving, all of heaven is now at a standstill as they figure out how to kill that tree from the root. All of heaven is doing this now. And they come back. They're wandering back the next day. And they, they look at the tree and everybody goes, uh, Oh, master, what have thou done to the figgeth tree? <laughs> or in our modern vernacular, he would go like, What the fig? As they were looking at this tree and realizing that all this supernatural power had been brought down to solve what appears to be an enormously trivial matter that Jesus just says, that's what I want to happen right now. And all of a sudden, this tree dies just at the desires of Jesus. Can I tell you something? That's not an accident yeah. that there are all these examples of Jesus using the powers of eternity to do trivial things just because somebody on earth desires them to do that. That's so good. When you are looking at your Christmas now, take the risk of asking God for some help. Asking or learning, putting to the test a few of these infinite powers that you have been given as a human being. Accessing the powers of eternity, the powers of the infinite realm, to be able to, through your imagination, get those things to work in your life. Because I can tell you something, the more complex your Christmas becomes, the, more you will, the less you will enjoy it. When we can simplify it, and we can make it just, I make it a game. Just like Jesus with the fish. I mean, with the coins in the fish's mouth. He must have been laughing his head off. 
He thought, must have thought that. He could have given him the buck 30 out of his pocket, probably. I don't think they had pockets back then. Maybe in his purse or something. But he didn't want to do it like that. He wanted to do it in a way that people would be talking about it for thousands of years. Here's some clues. You ready? Uh, just jump right over it. Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. Okay. Number one. Uh, did we get those, Tina? Did we get those, Pastor Tina? Did we get those little cards? Okay, you guys can get that stuff out. I've given you a little bit of a card. Maybe before you leave today or when you're grabbing coffee, you know, there's nothing outside you want to rush out there to. So when you're just taking some time after service, get a hold of this card and just jot down a few notes. Number one, put on the card what matters to you. What is it? Like prioritize. Don't, pick, don't give me 30 things. What actually matters to you about what you experienced this Christmas? That definition is going to be, empower you to set some priorities, to put in some boundaries in your own life. The next thing is make a, just give some small ideas about what would success in that area look like in your life. So first, define what is your priority. What do you care about? What do you desire? Don't try to get too righteous on me. If you're feeling a little bit unrighteous this Christmas, focus on next Christmas to get it fixed. Don't try to guilt yourself through to a, you know, to a apparently good Christmas that you're going to hate. Can I set you free for that? Be, put down there, what do you actually care about? And then... Define what does success look like in your life in those areas, specifically. And then the third thing would be to put in a couple of daily things that you want to, that you think will help you to get there. Kind of the start where you are, use what you have, do what you can kind of thing. And just make some notes. I mean, if you want to, enjoy, you want to have a better Christmas with your family, for example, then you can do like the... Let 30 days of Christmas and do something special every day for somebody in your family. If that's what you'd like to do. And so you begin to define it on a daily basis. These are my priorities. So that when I get to the end of Christmas, when I get to January, I'll have this huge list of things that I accomplished that actually mean something to me. That actually are the things I desire to see in my Christmas. And then finally, put some faith behind it. That means that when you are using, or like when you are trying to get something, try to limit uh, uh, running the revs up too high in your own life. If something is just going to be destructive to your day, give that part to God. And you know what? Can I give you a final quote before I close today? To bring anything into your life, you must first imagine that, is, that it is already there and say so. I, it's such a simple thing. In order to bring something supernaturally into your life, it's the easiest thing in the whole wide world. We just have to first imagine that it is already there and then say so. And what you're doing when you do that is you are opening the door to that infinite realm you are using your supernatural ability, which is your imagination, to see your life 
already possessing that thing which you are believing to possess. I know it sounds, but we'll get to it another time. And then say so. Awesome. It's like what Pastor Alex was encouraging us to do only moments ago in the confessions. I have the best Christmas yet. Well, you don't know that. Yes, you do. You're saying it in advance. You're setting it already in place so that you can do it. Just don't stop saying it. Don't say, oh, my life sucks starting tomorrow. Don't do that. And you'll start seeing that things line up. If you'll hold on to that simple confession that they did, you're going to see that your, your Christmas is going to significantly improve. Number one, define it. Number two, set out the what, what would success be. Number three, get a daily plan for what that is. And four, put some faith behind it. Start to allow God to do some of the trivial things in your life. Give him the power. Give him the ability to go do that for you. You can't find that special sweater in your side. Just say, okay, God, I'm, I'm dropping it. But I'm believing that I already have it. And I'm saying, so that's a beautiful I can't wait to wear that sweater. <laughs> that's a beautiful sweater. I love that sweater. Just the way it feels. Oh, it's amazing. I love that sweater. And let God do it for you. Let him start to do trivial things. Because can I tell you something? It's like in a, in, a, in a marriage. Nothing's trivial. As a matter of fact, sometimes the trivial things mean more than the big things. That's like how it is with God. He showed you that in the scriptures. When he spent so much time and effort doing things that in the grand scheme of events in all of human history, they were pretty trivial. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm putting Jesus back into Christmas. I'm determining to take hold of this season in my life and do it the way God would want me to do it. He would want that my desires would be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus or you've known about him but been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. 
We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.